Welcome into the Primary Residential Mortgage Armchair Quarterback. I'm Tony Lombardi here with Drew Forster. And back from assignment across the pond with us here live in studios, Dean Johnson. I'm back. I, I, like I told you off air, guys, I, Ravens game was 1.30 to 4.30 a.m. My 17-year-old, my 14-year-old, and I braved it. My wife made it to halftime, by the way. Proud of her. She made it to halftime. And that did throw the trip a little out of whack, timing-wise. But we, we made it. 1.30 a.m. to 4.30 a.m. London time. That's a true fan. It is it's a great fan. game. Forget the fact that some people haven't been going to the games. He watched the game at 1.30. We all did that in the World Cup when the World Cup was in Korea and yep. Japan. We, everybody got up at insane hours to watch soccer, 2.30, 3.30 in the morning. But you know, NFL take- Europe had a good little – I watched it live stream on okay. the laptop. It was great. Okay. No problems. We won that one. We did. And we won the one yesterday. I don't know if you guys have been around. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> I I'm, tell I'm you. like on such a low today because I spent yesterday from – you know, four until eight wired, you know, just like in, in the stadium was incredible. That's probably the first point to say about the game is how much a crowd means, particularly with a People rookie, were in their seats early. But Tony, particularly with a rookie quarterback. People, like the game, the, the crowd really made a difference yesterday. From the game. 100%. It rattled him a little bit, made it difficult for them in the fourth quarter, and... Um, no question, the crowd was a big deal. I thought so, too. People difference. were in their seats early, too. I hear there are a lot of tickets available for this Chargers game from season ticket holders who didn't buy their playoff tickets. Oh, I, did, I think I heard that as well. A lot. So they, that I, might from, change today. From, right. So from what I'm uh, – the, the little scuttlebutt I heard yesterday, Sunday – I guess Sunday, yeah – was that they don't have to do this, but they always do. They'll give you two days to – come to your senses and email and say, I want my tickets. They haven't done anything with them yet. So that's the dirty little inner secret is they tell you, well, get rid of your tickets, but they sort of kind of don't. And then with New Year's being on Tuesday, it gives them a buffer day to get and it because But I think by Wednesday morning, if you haven't claimed your, your season tickets for the playoffs, they'll sell them. I mean, you know, you'll still have it's your the PSL. Beauty, it's, but. The, it's actually the beauty of the new electronic ticketing system is that they can do they can do that. They couldn't yeah. do it when they when they when there were paper tickets. They couldn't True. do it that way. True. So, so they so have what, a lot of tickets price? to sell. I haven't seen it yet. I, I've um, got season tickets. I haven't seen them yet. I'm what, waiting. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> what's the What's the price going to be for these? Let's seats? say you got a hundred and ten dollar ticket. What does that go to for playoff game? It'll go up by forty bucks. No, I think it's usually about a hundred percent. No. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I can report back later. I oh, don't I don't think so. Yeah, no. I, I think I think you're right, Dean. His ticket goes from 140 to 280. I think it does. Or no, what'd you say? Your ticket no, goes 110. My, my, no, mine are 140. I think Here's it. Go, I think it doubles up. I think they double up. No way. There we go. Chinese, Chinese lunch. lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check the Ravens app while Last we're while Chinese we're speaking. lunch of the year. <laughs> I'm going to check the Ravens app and see if I can Last, figure it you out. You knew it. We we're going to get one more in, right? Last Chinese lunch I don't lunch even think that's year. the last one of this podcast. No, probably not. Oh, no, 100%. But <laughs> Tony, you and I are eating a lot of Chinese food next year on Drew. It can't go up 100%. They can't go up 100%. They can't double. They can't keystone. No way. No way. I mean, they'll go up, Yeah, but they're not going up that no, it doesn't show yet on But a uh, uh, great atmosphere. Um, what was, were they doing, like, during TV timeouts and things like that? Because I always wondered how they can cry, try to get the crowd in the game when they go to timeouts, knowing that a big defensive stance lot more, A um, lot more um, rock music playing. More music involved yesterday okay. than, than in the past. I was going to say, I also thought they did a lot more 
video shots of the crowd, meaning you and your girl smile and say, hey, we're on TV, and you right. kiss each other. I thought they did a lot more of that yesterday. Real fan, to, and Real Fan Dan got to, a lot of to, um, air, airplay. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Right. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it was good. I, the atmosphere really made a difference. It feels strange, right, because so many of the bullet points about the game are can be filed under complaining. So you ha I have to be careful about all the things you want to talk about because almost all of them are, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, because so many crazy things happened, like pitching the ball to Ty Montgomery on the biggest play of the year. Are you insane? Still can't believe it. Still can't believe it. And I, I said this to I somebody heard that on Greg Roman lost his mind on that play. Call. I said to somebody on Saturday, True. I was at a wedding on Saturday, and I got into a discussion about um, the team with with somebody at this wedding, and got into coaching, and and I said it's the most underrated part of the whole game from start to finish are the three people that are primarily responsible for the flow of the game. John, everybody's always, you know, always wants to beat John up, right, about this call, that call, this. John is a, John delegates these responsibilities. He says to Marty, you call the, the offensive plays. He says to Wink, you call the defensive plays. John is the guy that just, John flies the plane, but he doesn't, he's not in the, air, in the traffic control thing telling you what runway to land on. He just flies it. And then Jerry, of course, and I thought the special teams yesterday was terrible. We'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, the, this coaching really matters in the game, and Marty is insane. Marty's definitely crazy. Like, well, how could you possibly call that play to have the quarterback? I don't care who he pitches it to. I don't care if the guy's got Velcro on his hands. Don't let the ball go in the air. Don't let the ball leave the quarterback's hands. How could you call that play? And it was on the ground. And I don't know what you guys said, but I'm like, oh, my God. And Toy picked it up. I mean, anything could have happened there. And if they fall on the ball with three minutes and 40 seconds to go, they could have theoretically kind of whittled the clock down to a minute 20, kicked the field goal, and we'd had a minute 20 left in the game. Like, it was insane. I was at a party watching the game, and the feeling I had while this thing was unraveling before our eyes was Super Bowl 47. I was watching that unravel. You know, remember that feeling? It was like, oh, yeah. That, that, well, that, felt like, score. that felt like relief when they won that game, not jubilation. Right. Same with yesterday. Right. I, everybody in the, in the party jumped up and hugging and high five. I dropped to my knees. I'm like, I can't thank believe it. God, that's over. Yeah, I can't believe they won. I, I right. mean, I, I, I said to Drew this morning, I, I felt ill. I mean, I did. The fourth quarter just, I mean, it was a sense of foreboding. I mean, I, it, just, it just was moving, like you said, Tony, it was moving in a direction that everybody saw, I mean, it was, you saw the accident unfolding yeah. before your eyes, and you, you were powerless to It was a slow motion. It. guy it behind me said, you know, it was like, as soon as they got the ball, and they, they made one throw, and it was three minutes left, and they were at the 40. He made that nice throw in the middle of the field. On maybe on third down, he made a hell of a throw across the middle of the field. They picked up 15 or 16 yards, and the guy behind me said, well, you know how this is going to end. Perryman's going to catch a touchdown with 15 seconds left to beat us. And I literally had a ski hat on, a wool winter hat. I took it off, and I, like, rubbed my ears just to try to get that thought out of my mind. I'm like, I can't, I can't even think. And, but without question, that's how they would have won. 
right? Yes. If they were going to win, Perryman was going to catch the pass. There was no – he wasn't even on the field, though, at the end of the game. He was not in – he was not – on the final four plays, he wasn't on the field. But that's how – That's tip, why they lost. Tip ball, and Perryman catches it with 15 seconds to go, right? But they didn't. He made a great catch on the sideline. He made an unbelievable Jerry Rice catch. showed up in Brashard Perryman's body. He made an unbelievable catch on the sideline, like one of the best catches you can make. And, you know, the ball that he caught in the end zone was he was NFL. Open. Oh, my God, he was 15 feet open. He, no, I'm, I'm happy for him because he's a nice kid. Right. And he, he does work hard, comes from a good family, coachable guy. But it just didn't go on for him in Baltimore. It's not going to really go on for him anywhere. This is about what he's Probably not. Be. I mean, but, he's not going to be a, But at least he's making some plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, right. I mean, he found it. Where did, where did he go Went to the Redskins. He went to where else? I Buffalo, think, I think maybe? New England looked at him, too. Did they? But he played for the Redskins, I think, in some games. Okay. I think. You know, he'll, this is what he'll do. He'll stick around for a couple of years, but he, he's not doing anything. But they, they could be dangerous, Cleveland, if they get their act together. I think they got their act together. I think it's, I think it's there. They're in good salary cap if shape. They, they have to Landry, solve. They got to keep Landry, right? Is he? Is it, no, is he it, signed. Oh, he did sign. Okay, he I, signed. I thought they just traded for him and then he was playing out his deal. They okay. gave him a fat deal after the season. Okay, last well that's year. a that's a. I mean he he's legit. I mean dropped the one, but he that kick and catch. He's got wheels. The other kid's good. I mean they got some. Unfortunately, players. they got some players. They're, yeah, they're they And look, I sit. My seats are right behind the visiting bench. I mean, Baker Mayfield, those, those guys react to him. I mean, he's working the sideline. He's like, oh, I mean, 100%. He's, he's working the sideline. He's, I mean, those Just guys like are coming to him. Just like Joe, right? Exactly. <laughs> poor Joe. Did you see I mean, that video I said I did. You. Poor Joe. He's just, but again, this isn't any different than any other time. No, if you showed not. me that video and said who's playing and who's starting and who's sitting, I would say, oh, Joe's starting. Like, based on that video you said. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way Joe was when he was in the games. He he he's like Napoleon Dynamite. You gotta put <laughs> you gotta put a mirror in front of his face to see if he's breathing. He's that what's the word? Vapid. Like he's just he's just sort of lifeless. How about this? How did uh, right? I want to know how Joe had five kids. <laughs> I mean I know how, but I mean I want to know how that all unfolds because I've never seen any passion in him at all. Let's move on to things yeah. that matter today. Come on, Tony, move us on to talk about, talk about moving on. How about all these coaches already getting fired? Yeah, today? well, Gase sort of inevitable. And Marvin, Marvin finally. Marvin. Marvin, poor Marvin, finally, right? And Joseph from Denver and the Jets uh, head coach. Go Feel on. bad for the Jets head coach because they're in great salary cap shape. They finally drafted a quarterback. Somebody's going to inherit a good situation up there. But well, and then the Browns are going to be looking for it because they say in Cleveland they're not bringing Williams back. Is that true? Really, the players like playing for him. I watched yeah. that too yesterday. I, I'm, I'm a little surprise. surprised by that. I, I don't know. I, Did you? Well, you guys were at the game. After the game, he had a, a lot to say to John Harbaugh. Hmm. They embraced for a while, and he was talking. It was going on for like you know, it probably lasted twenty seconds. But mm-hmm. when that happens in the, after the game, it yeah. feels like ten minutes. Yeah, there's usually the, the Tomlin Harbaugh where they kind of don't really even grasp each other. Sort of fade the other way. It's the perfunctory, <laughs> nice job, and off they go. Um, you know, I, I I don't think any of these surprise you. Maybe the one in Denver, just from the standpoint of um, they're not a franchise. Well, I. I guess Pittsburgh is a little bit, well, they are, the exception to the rule where they just don't ever fire their coach, right? And the Ravens have become that sort of kind of in model, um, three coaches, right, since the team came to Baltimore. 
Um, Denver strikes me a little bit like they are panicking, but I also think they're smart enough to know we got to do something because this kid out there in Kansas City is going to be around for a long time. And the Chargers are moving into a new stadium. There'll be a little bit of an attractive free agent draw. They'll be quarterback shopping here pretty soon, you would think. Um, and then the Raiders are going to Vegas, and they'll probably move back to Oakland. Did you hear who they hired as their GM? I did. Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock, right. Uh, I don't think that's a surprise. I mean, I, I, so much of the league now is about scouting and drafting and data and analysis and not so much as What is his relationship football. with um, Gruden? They both covered the draft for different yeah, networks. I, mean, <laughs> I don't think they have one. I think he's just a... He's just a really smart, um, analytical guy, you know, that, that um, knows, f- knows football talent, like can pick it out to say, this kid, yes, this kid, yes, that kid, maybe not, that kid, definitely not. And most of the time, he's 4 for 4. You know, I don't know if he's 4 for 4, but most of the time, he's 17 or 20. If you go back and look at his history of saying this kid will be good, this kid won't be good. A lot of it depends on what team you go to, too, right? Carson Palmer's career changed forever when the Bengals took him. If Carson Palmer would have been picked by a real team, there's no telling how good he could have been. Hall of Fame. He had one of the best arms ever to come out of college. He was a Heisman. Tra- I mean, he was everything, right? But he got, picked by the, he got picked by the one team he couldn't get picked by. He got picked by the Bengals. They completely disrupted his whole career. Still made $100 million. No, no, no. I mean, I, he, Carson Palmer had a good career. It kind of changed the day the guy from Pittsburgh fell on him in the playoff game and tore his ACL. They were hot um, that year. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, that was the one year they were kind of legit. Mm-hmm. Like, they were potentially going to make a run. Um, but he had a good career. He could have had a great career if he would have gone to the right team, I think. So much of that is about the team that you go to. And he went to the Raiders. And I think the but, but, opposite of that is Eli. Eli could have easily been Carson Palmer. Eli could have been a... Could have been a 12-year guy that just played in the league, made a lot of money, never did anything. He went to the right team. He got in the right situation. But to finish up with Mayock, I think that his personality is such that he'll push back on Gruden. Which, is, which will make them better. Right. That's what they need. How about push out Gruden? That well, that's that, ain't, that ain't happening. That, I know, it can't. $100 million, right? Yeah. I guess it could. It isn't. Not any time By the way, the rumor, uh, there's a lot of coaching rumors floating around, but the rumor around the league is that the owners went bat S when he made that deal. When the Oakland owners, when Davis, Mark Davis made that deal with Gruden, the owners around the league were like, are you insane? Sent, he set a new benchmark. Absolutely. So that's the thing that John's probably, if you're John's agent, if you're Harbaugh's agent right now, you say to John, you worry about coaching football games. Let me talk to the team about your deal. And that's the starting point is $10 million a year. Starting point. And then you go, by the way, Gruden stinks. And he gets $10 million. Well, you don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm in the minority here, but nobody knows yet if Gruden stinks. We, gotta, we have to wait and see. Ooh. First year has... We really? get rid of Khalil Mack. Really? We get rid of Amari Cooper. You, you look think at those the two jury's guys. out on Gruden? Well, Khalil we'll Mack see. has turned around the Bears. I, I got Amari, you. I got Amari you. Cooper uh, breathed new life into that yeah, Dallas okay, offense. Okay, let's, let's pretend he's just okay. He still gets $10 million. That's well, that's true. true. And now John's a $12 million a year coach. Right. I mean, this is a significant... Well, let's talk about John. I mean, I think interesting this is that, a, they, that on a Friday at 7 o'clock last week, they announced that they're talking to John about an extension. And then there's nothing. And then you hear things from Peter King saying, 
Well, John's going to go into 2019 under his current deal and be a lame duck coach and see what, you know, he's basically pulling a Joe Flacco. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bet on myself. And nothing else out of the Ravens since then. Right, except little rumors that are surfacing. Let's have a Kubiak Harbaugh reunion in Denver kind of thing. So let's say that, that that does happen. They trade him. What do you think they get? Well, I think so. And what would you want if you were the Ravens? Yeah, I think it's got. I, well, I'll start. Go ahead. I, I think they anything you'd want would have to start with a first round draft pick. Have to start with a first round draft pick and something else behind it. And what makes it even more intriguing is how many coaches have already fallen today. Right. There's five on the board now. Could be more. We'll see. Well, the one job John would absolutely take is Green Bay. 100%. I didn't count he that would, one. He so. would take that job in a heartbeat. Now, are they willing to wait this out? Um, I, I, this is my guess. My guess is if the Ravens lose yesterday, the, the phones start today from Green Bay to figure out, and they would have to call Steve first to say, Steve, is there any way we could talk to you about John? I think Green Bay is the dream job for him. It's the one job. It's dream job for a lot of people. It's, well, it's the dream job because there's no owner. I keep saying that over and over. Like It would be like working at primary and you not being there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll do respect to you, of course. I'll, I'll, do, I'll respect taken. <laughs> no, it's, it's the dream job because there isn't an owner. It, you know, you have, a, you have a primary boss somewhere out in Utah, I got you. right? Yep. I mean, it's a dream job. So um, there was no question in my mind John would love that job. Now, that being said... I don't think he can get $10 million a year from Green Bay. No, I agree with that. Because it's, it's a publicly funded, they've got to be a little bit more careful. They've got to be much more careful than someone who says, I'll give the coach $12 million a year, I don't care. So there's a, there's a good and a bad to the Green Bay job. It's the dream job. You're going to, with all due respect to Dallas, you're going really to the premier football organization in the, in the country. It's the Green Bay Packers, right? They've been around forever. They've been um, wildly successful. It's an unbelievable environment. There aren't any empty seats. It's, it's incredible. That said, you can't get $80 million from them for six years. Well, and, you have to, and you have to live in Green Bay. You got, and you, well, right. But for John. That matters to some for, people. Uh, it wouldn't to John, but you're right. So then you go to the other side. Where's the one place where you could go to maximize your your money and still go to a real franchise and I keep saying this over and over and if I'm wrong I'll come back in here and we'll order Chinese food and we'll all eat it he is not going to a garbage franchise he's just not he's not going to Miami. he'll stay here he'll he, stay he's here not before going that. down there to Miami to coach in that stadium with 43,000 people there most of whom are leaving at halftime and don't care about the team John Harbaugh is not going there to coach so it brings you back to Denver. So that would be the one that would be a, attractive for a variety of reasons. Very good organization, championship organization. Um, around the league, there's respect for Elway. Um, People there that, crazy about the team. Right. And, you know, he, Kubiak, there, there's, there's something to be said for that. Um, you do have to contend with the Chiefs, you know, no question. But John's had to contend with Roethlisberger for his whole tenure here. He, he's used to that. Um, of all of the cities that would make the most sense, Denver would be the Plus, other it's one. a good place to live. The Denver, it's a I great, mean, if you've ever been there, it's a great, it's a great place. place. It's a great place. So, um, 
And then, and then interesting, and I'm really reading into tea leaves now, but then the interesting thing is, you know, John's daughter is a highly prized lacrosse recruit. So, and she's going to Notre Dame. That's not, um, nobody, not breaking any stories there. So then you ask, well, what if John went to another team in the midst of this one year, because she's still in high school next year, is there another college she could go to? that has really good lacrosse. And the University of Denver's men's lacrosse program is really good. I don't know about the women's program, but typically where there's good men's lacrosse, there's good women's lacrosse. Well, you are reading the tea leaves so, today. Right. Well, deep today, but, but the reason I'm reading them is his daughter, as are your three boys and mine and your kids, you, his daughter is really, really important to him. He's not, she was down on the sideline yesterday. He's not leaving her. I keep stressing that to people. John Harbaugh is not leaving her behind to go coach a football game somewhere next year. He's just not. So then does so that throw – well, then hold on. Does that throw out your whole idea of them trading him? Or well, does, no, no, no. I'm saying it, what I think would have to happen is it would, it would have to be a – it would have to be a um, – it would almost have to be a family move that she's going somewhere where she can finish playing and that dovetails into either going to Notre Dame, maybe that's the Green Bay connection, or going to Denver. And play, I don't know, but I, I, I know that he's not just picking up and moving without this working in her favor. He's just not. And he doesn't need the money. He doesn't really need the money, right? I mean, right. hard to pass up $80 million, but John doesn't have to go somewhere, and he's not Todd Bowles. He doesn't have to go somewhere to make his money. He could just stay here. So I think this is a really an intriguing thing. And, and, um, well, it also begs the question, which I don't really know the answer to, is his relationship with DaCosta. You know, DaCosta's going to be in charge when this season ends. Well, Eric, Tony knows this, obviously, and Tony and I talk about this a lot. Eric loved him in 2008. Right. Pushed right? for him. He did. He loved him. He was, one of the, he was one of the guys right away that said, this is our guy. I could almost hear him saying it to me that, why are you guys messing Because I think at that time they were talking to Harbaugh. And they were talking Jason to Garrett. And Brian Schottenheimer was the other guy there. Brian Schott. I said, what are, you, what are you messing with the Schottenheimer and Harbaugh guys for? I mean, they're, they're, they don't take you to where you want to go. And he said, don't sell Harbaugh short. That's exactly what he said to me. And, and John's had a great career here. I, I think they're making, and I'll, I'll, at some point I'll write this and say this and sort of emphatically state it. It's, I'm an unabashed Harbaugh fan. Despite his warts and blemishes of game clock management and all that, he, he, he is... To me, he is one of the best coaches in football. A great CEO. And it, it, he's mm-hmm. unbelievable. He, these guys play their ass off for him every game. Yep. I mean, there is there a Carolina game occasionally where the team just gets outplayed and they lose? Absolutely. But every game that team gets ready to play for, they play hard for John. I would, yeah, the only it, other one I can think of is the whole thing that happened in, in London last year. Oh, uh, right. right. Well, right. But that was so much out of his control, I right. think. Right. Um, but... It would, I, I would consider it a massive mistake by them to let him get away, in whatever fashion that happens. Whether or not it's because he's miffed about what's happened this year and he's just going to play this out and they trade him. Okay, if you get a couple of first-round picks and that helps stitch the wound up a little bit, okay. But it would be a mistake to let him go. These but coaches, what if there's a guy that they think could come in and really get the most out of Lamar? I'm telling you, and the guy that I, could, I still hear – I won't betray anybody's confidence when I say this, but you'll know where this is coming from, and I, we'll leave it at that. I really think David Shaw is the guy they would look for, but I also know his, um, how do you want to say this, his 
aura within the organization was tarnished a little when he was here before. But I think he is the perfect guy for this. And I think maybe it would be one of those things where, you know, it's the girlfriend you used to date and you didn't really like her because at that time she had bad breath or bad teeth and she comes back four years later and you're like, her brother says, by the way, my, my sister got her teeth fixed. And you're like, oh, <laughs> she did. You're on fire today. <laughs> he is really on fire today, Tony. <laughs> but um, not that that ever happened to me, but in Glenburnie, we, we had some girls with great bodies with terrible teeth. Um, but The old, she's I, I, a two at ten, but yeah, a ten right, at two. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, I think Shaw would be a great fit. And, and I'm still going to go on that, that if they go outside of the organization, outside of the league, I think he's a prime candidate. What if, about Greg if, Roman? Um, what about Wink Martindale? Well, Roman's been around. Roman's had more responsibility in his career than he would be an interesting guy. I don't know at all enough about how he's played out in the within the organization. I mean, I don't know what they all think of him. John obviously values him. Um, he's done an unbelievable job with the running game. An unbelievable job. Now, Cleveland was almost not trying, I thought, at times in the first half yesterday, and it was embarrassing. They were just running, they were just running for 15 yards every time. But he would be an interesting guy. I, I think he would be an interesting candidate for sure. I, and I'll go back to something I said last week. Don't be surprised if the Cardinals look at Wink and if Suggs is there with him. Because I we think where Wink Suggs. goes, Suggs goes. We talked about Suggs. He's just a non-factor lately. Yeah, I mean. If they're going to spend money. Dude, he's got rather, a lot of, his tires have been patched a lot. We'd rather you know. see them spend that money on Zedarius Smith for next year. Oh, yeah, Suggs is, spend that money. I don't think Suggs will be back here next year. I don't, and and that's not plays. to be disrespectful. Yes, I think he'll do an Ed Reed. He's not, and Ray tried to do this too. These guys, they all want a two- or three-year career achievement contract. And give Reed credit. Reed made five more million dollars. Wouldn't we all like to make five million by accident one time, and then three months later get embarrassed and get fired by the Jets and the Texans? Sure, I'll sign up for that. I, I, I think Suggs will play somewhere else. He'll sign one more, you know, reasonably nice deal for him, for a thirty-seven-year-old, I guess at that point. Thirty-six right now, yeah. Um, I, I, and Arizona I think he turns thirty-eight. Arizona next year. Arizona is the natural destination for him. Right, he's from there. It's natural. The team could benefit from him. It would help them sell. Um, they could say to him, 25 plays a game. They're going to market him like he's a 75-game player, a 75-play game, a game guy. And, um, you know, he's got some leadership. People listen to him. When Suggs walks in the locker room next August in Arizona, the team, will, the kids, those kids will listen to Suggs. He's a Hall of Fame player. He's going to make the Hall of Fame someday. He won't be a first ballot guy, but he's going to get in the room and make it. Right? Probably. I mean, he, you're going to listen to him if he comes. We got into it on Twitter last week with the you know the old Mount Rushmore discussion, the Ravens Mount Rushmore. I had two pictures. One had Ray Ogden, Reed, and Flacco. The other one didn't have Flacco. It had Suggs. I go with Suggs. Suggs, like you said before, he's a Hall of Famer. Most most games played. They they announced that yesterday. He passed Ray Lewis for most games played as a Raven. Two hundred twenty nine. I, I think you. I'd, I'd go Suggs over Joe Flacco. I mean, I, I don't even. I wouldn't even think Joe would be in the top six, honestly, just based on longevity. And I mean, Joe played ten years. You know, obviously, you can even include this year. He played a little bit this year. Played eleven seasons. He was really good for three of them. Really good. And 
good in a couple of others and decent in a couple of others and not so good in a couple of others. Like his career has been, he's had a good career, Joe. Made a lot of money. He's had a good career. Nothing more than that. He's going to keep playing too. Oh, for sure. He's had a good career, but nothing more than that. Yonda's had an unbelievable career. Really has. He's made the Pro Bowl nine times. I didn't even realize that. And he's still playing at a high. He's still, his pro football focus still grades him high. Yeah. He's still grading I, I would out. say Suggs and Yonda, and you, we, we, we can fight that fight. Suggs is going to get a little bit more play because he's got data to back his career up, right? Sacks. He's also got personality. Interceptions. And Yonda's just got everybody in football says, best guy on the right side of the offensive line's been Yonda. Like, you know. So I, I would say those two would Definitely be on there before Joe, 100%, without question. All right, well, I want to take a little break and come back. Where's McAllister? I, I want to <laughs> talk about if a they guy put, that's completely If they put him up, the by the way, they, he would have to have that wife-beater tank top they wore Miami. that he show, showed up in the Miami hotel with those three girls when John said, um, are you just coming in or going out? When it was like 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> So that was the end of the end of, end of the run for him. C-Mac. That was the end of the road for him. Right, we're going to Google where he is now on, during yeah. our break. Yeah, let's take a little break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about special teams because you mentioned them before. I thought they were horrible yesterday, oh, too. Oh, my gosh. So we'll take a short break. This is Primary Residential Mortgage. Armchair quarterback. We'll be right back. Why PRMI? I get asked that question all the time, and I love answering it. I've been leading this team for 16 years, and PRMI has been and remains an industry leader. We get all the support of an industry leader, national company, while managing our loan flow locally. Our realtor partners and our customers get a team committed to customer service. They also get a team that knows our local markets. We closed 2,300 loans last year and the future looks very, very bright. We love telling our story and would love to help you with your next transaction. Reach out to me or anyone on my team anytime. We'd love to help. And welcome back to the Primary Residential Mortgage, Armchair Quarterback, here with Dean Johnson, Drew Forrester, I'm Tony Lombardi. So we talked about special teams before we went to the break. We didn't did. find Chris McAllister, Tony. He's, oh, still, no. he's still MIA, by the way. Well, it, it is kind of Even Drew can't disturbing find it. how much of an impact player he was and just has fallen off the face of the Ravens map. And he did it to himself. Oh, sure. Now, he never played again after he left the Ravens, right? Or did he? He went to New Orleans. Oh, right. He did go to New Orleans. You're I right. think he played a you're couple exactly games right. and that you're, was it. You're exactly right. Good one. Good one. Just what Chris needed to do is go to New oh, Orleans, Oh, yeah, right? I know. Right. <laughs> he needed to go to Buffalo or something. Right. Or like Green, Green Bay. Bay. There was a quote the other day from Shady McCoy. He was talking about coming back or there was an issue with him of some sort. and he, His quote was, I love it in Buffalo. And I'm thinking to myself, you, you what? You love it in Buffalo. Are you insane? And then I realize it. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, if you're looking to go somewhere where you can possibly, can't possibly get in trouble, Buffalo is a pretty good place. There's nothing to do with Buffalo except play football. So, <laughs> Chris McCallister, he'll never get the Ring of Honor. Nah. Why isn't Brian there? I think they, this is an interesting question because I got into it the other day with some people on Twitter because the Ravens used to have a policy that said you have to make a Pro Bowl. You have to be voted in, not an add-on. You've got to make a Pro Bowl to be a... There was a list. Offensive or defensive MVP of the league. MVP of the league. Pro Bowl. In order for them, while you're on the Ravens, in order for them to consider you for the Ring of Honor. 
Yeah, but how does that impact it? So, we're talking about a coach. No, no, no. So I'm just saying they had, they've had these sort of policies. It's not published anywhere anymore that I can find, which tells me maybe they've relaxed the rules and they, didn't, they just didn't want it published anymore because it used to be on their website. Um, it, they do still have something up about integrity and this and all these bullet points, but no longer are the actual guidelines up. And everybody, of course, is going to say, but Ernest Bynum never made a Pro Bowl. He doesn't count. He, Ernest, you can't ever have a conversation about the Ravens Ring of Honor and include Ernest Biner in there. They should he just give him a watch for his years of service. Yeah, he doesn't count. It was an ode to the Browns organization in the same way that the Ravens traipsed all those ex-Colts out there yesterday. And 75% of the people in the stands don't know who Alan Amici is. So... It, you know, that's what they did with, with, with Biner. So with that, to answer your Brian question, I think they agreed to not put Brian in while John was still the coach. That's my guess, is they said, we'll wait on Brian until John's no longer the coach. And once John's not the coach, we can bring Brian in. He will have been one removed. We won't have to worry. I think those two guys get along fine, by the way. The joke's yeah, on everybody I don't else. understand why that would be I don't issue. either. I can't imagine they're not putting Brian in. Well, you, I mean, just stepping back, I mean, the history, you can't write the history of the Ravens without Brian Billick. Right, which you is cannot. always a Hall of Fame argument, right? right? Any Hall of Fame, can you write the history of the sport without putting that person in? Correct. And if you, if you can't, right. But that said, you can't write it without Trent Dilfer, and he's not in either. But I, I mean, he came in as an offensive coach, and I know the guru thing has been laid right. on him, and he didn't do it, but he came in as an offensive coach intent on changing the offensive philosophy of the organization and becoming more of a threat offensively. That didn't happen with him. But he did change but the he, culture. He right. changed, exactly. He changed the culture and recognized that the talent was on the other side of the football. Let's build our, our, our image, our swagger around Something that. Something I was going to say earlier. the first day, right? Ralph Staten came in late for the first meeting. He said, what's your name? He said, Ralph Staten. He said, see you later. But this whole thing. First meeting, he was late we're for. We're talking about. He said, "You're out of the meeting." He's probably waiting for one of those opportunities. But no, but those guys <laughs> slid in like that with 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 March of Broda, rest in peace, all the time, right? Those guys came in all the time, late and in all various states or whatever they were. And the first day when Brian started the meeting at ten o'clock and Staten walked in at ten o three, Brian said, "Out." Well, it's funny because they have that sign that they, they, they market regularly and you see it when you're at the game where play like a Raven, which was a, something John's put in place. But that whole play like a Raven thing started with Brian. It's mm -hmm. just John that more, was smart enough to memorialize it. So it's a, you know, mm -hmm. I look back on the history of it and have loved the team since the beginning. The whole play like a Raven thing, that's a Brian Billick thing. Mm -hmm. He started that. Well, Brian's got to be in someday. Joe's got to be in. But again, Joe doesn't necessarily meet the criteria right now. He was invited to play. And didn't because one of his kids was being born, but um, he Joe Joe didn't hasn't made a Pro Bowl, so you could argue, and they could easily say, "But he won the Super Bowl MVP." We think that's good enough, and they'd be right. I mean, I think we all agree, right? Joe has had a distinguished enough career to be in the Ring of Honor. Amen. Right. I mean, period. He's played long Super enough. Super Bowl MVP. Bullware and and McCrary only played seven years. Like you know, he he's. Joe's career is distinguished enough. Yonder will be in. Suggs will be in. Tucker will be in. I think Cook will be in. I think that yeah. will be their, their nod to Sam Cook. He's terrific. I mean, he's not only a great punter, but he bails Morgan Cox out of a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, he, made a, he had a great hold yesterday on one of the field there's goals. There's two or three of them he had yesterday that were high. I mean, he's just terrific with that. That's, great, eight that's a plus speaking size of, special teams. Speaking of, speaking of cooking special teams, going from, I was in 553 yesterday, so I was behind the visitor's bench. From my left to right, which means this was in the third quarter, he made potentially a 30-yard disruption on a punt. Right by the visitor's right, right bench. On the, right, on, right, in, right on the sideline. He, he ran over and armed the guy enough that it disrupted him. And Max Williams tackled And somebody tackled the guy, or he would have gone down the 20-yard line. And instead, he only got to the 50. So, uh, but the coverage yesterday Terrible. was awful. Kick, I mean, Tucker's kickoffs were not good either. Neither were the other guys, though, which is interesting, right? There were far more returns yesterday than I ever remember. I don't know if that was something going on in the stadium. I, I, I don't know. But there were not very. It wasn't that cold, so it you can't cold you can't say. I mean, it wasn't. I got a little bit cold in the fourth quarter, but other than that, it wasn't that bad. But they weren't cold. I mean, they weren't. It's, it's not you get, affecting by the, the kicker. Um, and your koozie. Oh, you got a gift. What'd you get? I didn't. I gave it to my wife. I never I haven't even looked at it. You didn't open it up to see what you got? No, she took it home. I, I got, got a training pass. Par- I got a training camp parking pass. One of the. <laughs> that's huge. I, they gave a thousand of them out yesterday, and I got one. How cool is that? I got a. I don't have to go online. I got a training camp parking pass for me and Ethan, and we're good. You're true forest. I might take you with me. I'll, I'll go. Well, why do you need a training camp Ethan parking got pass? Because I like to, I like to pile the kids in the car and go over. It's fun. And Ethan got the twenty five percent off online thing, and we got a free hot chocolate. So it was kind of cool. So that's why you weren't cold. They did a nice job yesterday. People were. I saw people like pissing and moaning about the fact that man, we got a dollar. We only got a dollar one dollar koozie. That's a nice gift. It, the koozie was just the placeholder for the card. That, that's all it was. It, it was just a nice thing. Like the, those cards had some value to them. Free soda, free. Were you the guy milk. walking around after the game picking up all the ones that people left behind? No, but I should have done that. <laughs> but most of them were only good for. Tony, yesterday. you're laughing because you know he'd be that guy. <laughs> he would them, be that guy. Most of them were only good for. Yesterday. Ethan, go down these six rows. Yeah, right. Most of them were only good for yesterday, except for the train game thing. So let's talk about the game. It was a good game in the first first half. I mean, they were running right through these guys. I think they had close to 200 yards of rushing offense in the first half. Crazy good. They were averaging eight yards of carry at one point. Dixon, I think, at one point had seven carries for over 100 yards. Right. I mean, it's nuts. But it turned in the second half. Going into this game, I thought... I had more confidence that they were going to pull this off because of the way the defense played against San Diego or against the Chargers. And against Cleveland last time, although it was much earlier Baker right. Mayfields. But I just they've got it together now in defense. They've got a plan. They're gelling. They're coming together at the right time. Intercepted the first pass of the game. Yeah, and then right. fourth quarter rolls around. And then the defensive secondary breakdowns. There was one they hooked up with Perryman, one they hooked up with Landry, Easy touchdowns, and easy touchdowns. Tavon Young, I think, was trailing on both those those situations, and then they missed Landry one time where he hit him in the helmet. He was wide been, open. It would have been a touchdown. Definite touchdown. That was the first play after they turned the ball over through the fumble. Yep. So now I'm concerned again about the secondary when I wasn't heading into this game. And your the, guys thought. And the Chargers have great receivers. Yeah. Chargers have great receivers. Big. Well, guys. I'm very worried about the Chargers game. I don't want to talk about it. I'm very worried about it. 
if you look at Rivers' history, we'll get all that you talk all about. Well, we game. smacked them. We smacked them in the mouth. I mean, that, that's we, we talked about it. We smacked them in the mouth when we played them. We went up there. We had a great plan. It's, it's going to our plan's going to be the same plan. We'll, we will be at home, but I'm worried about Rivers too. They're going to they're, they're have plenty of tape to make adjustments off of, as opposed to the first time they played us when everything caught them off guard. So yeah, I'm worried about the Chargers too. If you look at his history, he has a lot of clunkers in big games. Almost all of those come at home, for whatever weird reason. He did it this year. Beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh, beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. For whatever weird reason, he plays well on the road. It's going to be 50 degrees and sunny on Sunday, by the way. It's going to be perfect weather. Thanks. I'm I'm really worried. I already looked ahead. I'm I'm, I'm worried. Did you think they were going to get one of the late games? Um, I think they would have got the late game had had the... the, Everybody else's... There's no other Eastern time zone teams. No, what was the formula? There was a formula that somebody put out. Colts. No, had um, had New England. It had something to do. No, no, no. It was the other way. It had something to do with the NFC. Had the Vikings got in, and the Eagles not gotten in. There was there was an algorithm or some not algorithm, a formula that somebody used that said the Ravens would have played on Saturday, but it got. Moved to Sunday. We were the only Eastern Division, right, right, Eastern. Right. I'm sorry, Eastern Time Zone I team. So that's. I'm a little surprised the Ravens that are early playing on. at one though. The Chargers, meaning meaning that they gave the Chargers the ten o'clock game. That surprises me a little. That the that they, you know, in a perfect world they would say to the Chargers, "We'll give you the four thirty game," and that way you're playing on a, what is relatively speaking a regular time for you. Right. Well, so. they go from being a four and a half point dog two weeks ago. In L.A., two point, to a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Right. Yeah, Makes I mean, sense, though. It's about right. Yeah, I feel gold. Um, I'm very worried about it, though. Very. They're going to come like, out slinging. I don't like, the. you know, this will be the first time somebody's seen him two times. I keep saying this over and over, and it almost happened yesterday. He, and he only has four games left to do it, he's going to put the ball on the ground in one of these games where it's going to cost them a game. Well, it was almost yesterday because it, you, they but, scored. They scored the touchdown. They scored a touchdown. It's twenty-seven to seven on the goal line play, or twenty to fourteen. If they don't blow the whistle and the dude runs the ball back hundred yards, it's twenty to fourteen. And then the pitch to Montgomery at the end of the game. And I, I, again, I, I guess uh, I, I could have said this about Mayfield earlier. I should say this about Lamar. In two or three years, Lamar would be smart enough to say, "Look, get in the huddle and say." This maniac just called for this pitch out over here to Montgomery. Well, there ain't no way in hell that I'm pitching the ball out here on third and five with the season on the line. So I'm running with it. Break. You know, like he'll he'll learn over time. There are certain things that you don't ever do, and one of them is on third and five. You don't pitch the ball to anyone. If someone had laid out for you ten plays to call right there in that situation, that would have been the last one you would have picked. <laughs> Particularly with the I'd have spread it out, had him in the shotgun, just let him run. and just let him run. Right. I mean, I, I was sitting with a guy. We, they went for it a couple times on fourth and one and third and one, where they, and they did the same. Right. right, and the same play call in all the plays. Lamar with a sprint off of one of the off of one of the guards, just a sprint, not off tackle. In between the tackles, a straight takes a beat of hesitation, then sprints to a spot for for one yard. It's almost unstoppable. I mean, literally. So this was. I mean, what it was f- third and five. They got to get rid. Wait, it's third and five, and then they've got to get him out of this because he's done it twice now. They got to get or three times, I think, because the one time it got knocked out of his hand. Also, um, 
but the whistle was already blown. But they got to get him out of this, sticking the ball out like that and bringing it back in. You, you gotta, see gotta the other get quarterbacks that. doing that. You know, Breeze does it gotta, all the time. Got to get him out of doing that. Brady does it all the time. But he, he, for whatever weird reason, he is he has a proclivity to get rid. You know, because he could do it in college. In college, you could do any of that and get away with right. it. But he can't get away with the same well, thing. What they're here. really doing too late, lately is it happened against the Chargers. I or? thought that was the first time, by the way, all year that I thought I would say. And rightfully so. I'm not picking on him when I say this. I thought yesterday, the second half, was the first time I've seen him look tight. That I thought he looked a little, he made some bad th- short throws in the middle of the field where he's usually really good. He just looked a little tight to me yesterday. But, again, biggest game of this kid's life, 70,000 people there, and he knows I can't, if I make any mistakes at all, it could cost us a chance to go to the playoffs. Yeah, I was looking at the, what they're doing in the red zone. It's the, they need to clean that up. They're getting down deep in the red zone, and they're not getting anything. Well, he's can't like against, can't, against that well. uh, the Chargers, twice inside the 10, first and goal. Right. They had three points out of that. Yesterday, they're first and goal from, what, the three? Yep. And they get nothing. One for three in the red zone. they gotta, they got to clean that up. There's play, I mean, again, there's play calls for it. and they're, I mean, even design, maybe not on third down, but I don't see why they don't have him with any of these designed rollouts with multiple options. I mean, things you see other mobile quarterbacks do. You know, just rolling out to his right right off the get-go with multiple options coming underneath. I mean, the guy can get to that spot very easily. And you've seen him do it where if he's rolling particularly to his right, he can look downfield, look downfield, and he seems to hit that. He hit Andrews on the on the pass yep. that got him, I think, to the ten yard line yesterday. Well, why not do that more often? Because he has this knack. If nothing's down there, he scoots to the sideline and maybe picks up four easy yards right. before he scoots. You know, he's out of bounds. So I don't. They, they need to clean that red zone up. So that, that's going to cost them. They had to possess the ball thirty eight minutes yesterday to twenty one, thirty eight and change to twenty one change, and. Came down to the wire. He's just got to throw the ball better in those situations. And because he doesn't particularly throw the ball well to the sideline, that eliminates a little bit of his option for throwing it. Now you got to throw it in the middle of the field, whereas if he could throw the ball, if he had a better back shoulder throw in his arsenal, that opens up the whole end zone. And I think defensive coordinators, I'm a dummy, and if I can see that, and you know these guys can see it, so the, the, so the coordinators you know, hedge their bets that he's not throwing the ball into the corner. Right. So, come on, Mans. How about that? Anything from yesterday? I've, I've got one. I mean, it, we've already kind of talked about it, but, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to leave the Ty Montgomery pitch play alone because that's too easy. But Brashard Perryman, come on, man. I mean, nothing for us. And that catch on the sideline was unbelievable. I couldn't believe I mean, it, everybody sitting where I was sitting, we all looked around like, I mean, it was literally people were saying, come on, man, what the hell was that? I couldn't believe that it happened. You know, the, the touchdown's one thing. It was wide open. It was a good throw. But the catch on the sideline, come on, man, where, where's that been? First-round draft pick, multiple millions of dollars. And he comes back and has to do it to us. Well, it could be ultimately an indictment on the offensive coaching staff. If, if he 100%. develops into... Even an average player. 100%. They would not give up on a first-round pick that quickly if they just thought he had nothing. So Cleveland's getting something out of him. Mm-hmm. We'll see. My come on, man, would be that I picked five games yesterday to his morning dish. I was 4-0. I had Tampa Bay plus one and a half. They lost by two. And they lost by two. Come on, man. <laughs> you let freaking One of the last Falcons second field goal. On yeah, the, on, but you're catching some tickets that they way. They won... <laughs> On a last-second field goal to win, not by three or four, 
by two. By two. Giving one and a half. And I was watching from the stands. The whole thing unfolded, and, and I'm watching the score, and I'm like, oh, oh, sure. I see exactly what's going to happen here. 32-31. This dude's going to kick a field goal at the buzzer, and they're going to win 34-32 and cover by half a point. Come on, man. Come on, man. That's exactly well, you, probably, you guys probably didn't see this because you were at the game, but on the broadcast, they kept flipping back to Pittsburgh. The, the Steelers game okay. ended before the Ravens did. Right. And they had the, the players and the fans were in the stands watching the Ravens-Cleveland game. And they, on put, this, on and the they put boxes out on the field with the T-shirts and the hats. Oh, for the, Who for authorized the, that in Pittsburgh? Oh, I didn't see that. They put boxes out AFC on the North field. North Champs. Shirts and hats. And if you're Tomlin or anybody affiliated with the organization, you've got to be like, no, 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 no. If we happen to win this thing, we'll give the shirts and hats out in the locker room. They brought them out on the field. And now they're, you know, now, now they're, they're going to be sent the to So I'm watching, and as, as I'm watching this, in my mind, I'm already decompressing and thinking, we're going to lose this. I'm going to have to watch this Steeler crowd go nuts <laughs> during our game. Oh. It didn't work out that way, thank God. But, but <laughs> that would have been that would have been unthinkable, right? To lose at home yeah. to the Browns and have Pittsburgh get in because right. of that. I kept thinking last night these two bumbling goofs are going to play to a tie last night. And Pittsburgh's still going to get in. Like I kept waiting. wasn't until the very end. I'm like, okay, I can go to bed now. They're not. It's not going to end in a tie because I was nervous. Uh, my come on, come on, man goes out to the officiating crew, the rookie ref yesterday, and you know. The way I look at these games, and it almost seems to happen this way every year, as the games get more important, the referees relax a little bit. They let the guys play, and they particularly don't call fouls that happen away from the play or, or fouls that don't really impact the outcome of the it's play. It's the NBA referees. The NBA refs that way. That's the way it should be. Exactly. So yesterday, you've got Lamar Jackson prancing in for his third touchdown, jumps up and does the Lambeau leap into the crowd. They call back for holding against Max Williams. I saw it. Had nothing to do with the play. Uh-uh. Wasn't holding. As Drew said off the air, they probably called it on. They had to have that penalty on somebody else. And you got crab treat. But crab, still, crab. around that play, I didn't see anything of significance that they would have called right. holding. Right. Crab tree. Crab tree and the offensive pass interference. It was a For joke. The pick. It made no difference. It had no impact on the play. And all he was doing was running a slant. Right. The defender, if anything, hit him. So that goes out to that rookie referee. Come on, man. But we overcame it, Tony. We did. We overcame it. it, it like I said, it was more relief than it was jubilation. Oh, 100%. I, 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 the whole time I'm like, okay, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But as they move down the field, I'm like, oh, boy. They just need one throw or one flag anywhere down there by the 20. Just, and that's why, a little bit why I'm surprised that they didn't just say, they weren't going to try to kick a 57-yard field goal. Why wouldn't they have just thrown the ball down to the 20 three or four times to try to draw a flag? Well, they did one, and Smith made a good play on it. But uh, Or no, it wasn't Smith. It was Levine. Yes, he made, he made, made a, a couple nice plays. Nice play. And on that last series, right. he made two plays. Right. Over on the far sideline, by the Ravens sideline, he made a good play. Um, I, I, so I, if they had got it down to the 20, I'd have been petrified. I was okay still at the 40 because I'm like, okay, they're not kicking a field goal. Not, I was not making one from 57 yards away. But although that would have been very – Ugh, Browns-like for us, right? It would have hit the crossbar and went in. Yeah, right, like it did the... What, it was like what? the Tennessee beat us that way, right? Gary Anderson, maybe? Somebody beat us when we thought... Oh, it was Cleveland. Uh, they were Phil, off the field. They all went to... Phil, Phil Dawson. <laughs> yeah, they went into the locker room. Phil Dawson. Room. 
it hit the goal post and hit the back stanchion, which is and, a, then, and bounced back over. You could kick 25,000 of those and never do it again, right? Hit the goal post, hit the stanchion, went back over the thing. Everybody How thought, many people know what that's called, the stanchion? Everybody that's thought, why we bring Drew here. Everybody <laughs> thought that they missed it. The game was over. Ray had his ankles on tape. They said, no, 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 field goal's good. But it was the right call. It was the right call. But, the, the, oh, I remember what the argument was. The argument back then was that was not reviewable. That was the argument. I remember because I was on the air. And I remember coming the next day and saying, everybody's like, it's not reviewable. It's not reviewable because the dude went under the hood. He went under the, he, now they bring the pad out, right? Back then you ran under the thing. He wasn't allowed to do that. Later, the ref said, I didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't, I didn't call up to New York. And everybody's like, of course you did. You know, like, but I get it. You've got to get the call right. I, I, I'm one of those people that doesn't, I don't even care if it's not reviewable. Get it right. And, it, and we'll fight the fight about whether or not it's reviewable later. Right. So I was kind of okay with that because the dude made the field goal. You know, like, it's okay. He made it. Make sure that it, the call is right. But some of these things that these refs do in the course of the game, and here's another example, happened. Remember last week you and I were talking about that incident late in the game where they misspotted the ball? Yes. Same thing happened yesterday to the, to the Browns. And, and you know the game was? The Ravens and the Chargers was the game. You and I were like, I don't remember what game it was. It was the Ravens and the Chargers. They misspotted the ball. They went to the booth for a review. They found out they were wrong, and they docked the Chargers 10 seconds or a timeout. They did the same thing to the Browns yesterday. Yeah, they ran them off 10 seconds. They, they, well, they made it sound like the Browns opted to run off the 10 seconds. You can take a timeout, or, but that's my point. So the Browns, so they throw the ball to the sideline. The, no, 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 no. It was the catch where he caught it on the ground. Landry caught Landry, the ball. Right. That, to me, that looked like it was a catch. It, it was close, but he had his arm under the ball. But anyway, they ruled it incomplete, right? Referees on the field. Ruled it incomplete. On the field. Correct. They changed the call, which effectively says, we missed it. Then they say, okay, Cleveland, for that, you lose 10 seconds or a timeout. In what world is that fair? How can you possibly think You're that right that's on all fair? counts. You're right on all counts. How? It's one thing if they review it and they say, sorry, it's not a catch. If you want to then say, for the benefit of that, you now are lose 10 seconds or a timeout, I might sign off on that. I might say, okay, I'll, I'll trade that because any coach would trade that in the what moment. If, what if the play was to the sidelines? He's out of bounds. That 10-second that runoff isn't in play there. It's, right? a, it's in play on any Booth review. So, yes. And by the way, they did call it incomplete on the field. Right. When he came back and made the explanation, he said the ruling on the field stands is called it's a completed pass. I said, wait a minute, that's not. Oh, yeah, I thought they called it, he definitely called it incomplete. Yeah, the guy right there was doing this. Right. Well, anyway, I don't know. I, I, and I can't hear the announcer, uh, the referee, very well. So, what he might have said was that the ruling on the field was complete, and therefore Cleveland... Did Cleveland lose 10 seconds? I don't... They I, did. They, they did. did. From 130 to 120. Exactly. Okay, so... So then they're wrong. I, it's crazy. That's the... There are a lot of dumb rules in the league. Definitely. That might be the dumbest rule in the league. Go ahead and review it and get it right. And just get it right. And stop worrying about 
punishing these teams, penalizing these teams. Just get it right. Who cares? All right. I know you just said you didn't want to talk about the Chargers oh, game, man. but we need predictions. You go first, Drew. Oh, man. I don't want to. Come on. I, I, want, I want Glenn Burney hometown Drew here today. And don't worry about the girls with the bad teeth. Okay, I'll go first. Since Drew, I mean, Drew's got his hat off. Nobody can see him right now. He's rubbing his hair. His face is red. 28-26. Who? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you just said you want to score. I gave you a score. 20, a prediction. 28-26. I'm going, I'm, going, I'm going high scoring. I think both teams adjust to the other one. I don't think Lamar puts the ball on the ground. I say Ravens 31, Chargers 30. What a homer. A nail-biter. Unbelievable. Uh, I've been a homer the last number of weeks. We're 6-1. and one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go I'm very nervous. 27-21. It's going to come down to another fourth-quarter drive where Phillip Rivers has a chance to win at 28-27, to but they don't. Oh, Ravens 27-21. Come you on, Drew. Finish it off, Drew. No, no, never be close. 34-3 Ravens. No. Um, I... I'm going to dissent. That's all I'll say about that. 28-26 <laughs> in a dissent? I feel, I just don't like the matchup. I don't like it. I think, I just. Uh, I we're going to hit this guy. We, hit, we, we knocked the Me? Tony might hit you. I'm, I'll I take feel, up for you. I feel, I'm nervous. I'm very well, nervous. That secondary play against the Browns would make you feel nervous. But we're going to get to Rivers. We got to Rivers last time. Okay. He's a lot more immobile than Baker Mayfield. Even though we didn't get to Mayfield, Mayfield moved around a lot for some of those bigger gains. I think. By the way, I like Rivers. I, I, I do. I'm a, I like him. I never did, I and think he's, he's a, outlasted my disdain. I think he's a really good quarterback. But his behavior in the Saturday, that game in L.A., was an embarrassment. Oh, yeah. It was I saw it, yep. It, it was well, he's going to be took his own helmet for a guy of his stature. <laughs> he was barking during our game. For a guy of his stature to behave the way he behaved out there when they when the Ravens beat him was an embarrassment. Taking his helmet off as he was hitting the ground to show that he got hit in the head mm-hmm. and just his overall bitching and whining and he's done it a lot. But this was that episode was way over the top. Hey Drew, be be prepared for more of the same. Come Sunday Boy, in Baltimore. I don't be think, prepared. I don't think he could be any worse than he was. Well, he's going to – I think he did it against us two weeks ago. He had plenty of it against us. All right, who wins the Super Bowl? Saints. Really? I picked them at the beginning of the year. i got to stick with it. Rams. Wow. Rams. You can say the Ravens? Give it to us, Joe. You had an answer or you wouldn't have asked us. By the way, beginning of the year, I picked the Vikings to beat the Chargers in the Super Bowl. So who are you picking now? Not the Vikings. <laughs> um, I so much of this depends a little. I'm not going to back out of this, but so much of it depends on what the Colts do. Because I think the Texans have a chance to go to Kansas City and upset them. Because I think their defense can hang with them, and can, I could see Houston beating them twenty to seventeen. Kansas City. I just feel like they have the best player right now. He's going to win the MVP. They've got and, the Coward Hall colors, too. And, I, and They do, correct. <laughs> I just think this is Andy's, uh, you know, the football gods are going to intervene a little, and I think Kansas City's going to, going to win. I know the two number one seeds don't make it often, 
Although in the last few years, the ones have played out. Um, I, I kind of almost think the Bears might sneak in just because of their defense. Wow. But I'll say, I'll say the Kansas City beats the Rams. Mark it down, Tony. Mark it down. We'll check back. Kansas was, City beats the Rams. I was running through these scenarios yesterday. If the Ravens beat the Chargers, the Colts do what they did on December 9th and beat the Texans in Houston. Which they could. They go to Kansas City, who has a bad secondary. Andrew Luck tears that up. We beat. And we beat the Patriots. AFC Championship game is here. That's not in any way far-fetched. Colts won nine of their last ten games. It was far-fetched back in week nine. And the Ravens have won six of their last seven. It's not far-fetched at all. Colts have won nine of the last ten. The only game they lost in that stretch was 6-0 they lost at Jacksonville. Yeah, that was a stinker. Their offense, their offense is better. Luck is healthy. It took him three or four weeks to get going. They were one, people forget this. They were one in five. The Colts were one in five. Like their season was over. They've gone on a nice run. They can run the ball a little bit. Luck's got some weapons. Are you running bus trips to the Ravens' um, home AFC Championship game? By the way. Oh yes. If they get to the <laughs> AFC Championship game, um, that's not far fetched to think that the Colts could win a couple of games. They could definitely go to Houston and win. You, Houston, probably that's the one team they didn't want to face, right? They, you just don't want to see your division rival come in because they know you. And then Indianapolis could go to Kansas City and fight and scratch a little bit with them. I can see that. And I really like the Ravens in, in Foxborough. Oh. I yeah, think I mean, them. I don't ever like going there because you know you never you're them. never getting any of the calls. you got to beat them and the refs. Uh, losing Gordon hurts them for sure. Um, they're not a particularly good running team. But, you know, if you give him three weapons, which he's got, Edelman, um, the lacrosse player, and Gronk, even though Gronk hasn't had a great year, if they're inside the 20-yard line, he's a threat every time. I don't want to go to New England. I mean... I'd rather go to New England than Kansas City. Uh, Agreed. I guess. I mean, I guess. Right. Just because we've been there, done that. We have gone up there and defeated them before. Um, They're ripe. Yeah. They're ripe for someone. It might as well be us. AFC Championship game here. Man, that'd be unbelievable. I'm getting on a Drew bus trip. That'd be unbelievable. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Let's Happy New Year. Week. Happy New Year. Um, Absolutely. What do we have to revisit over 2018? Anything? Nothing? No, we'll come back next week after the Ravens victory. We'll see you next year. All right. All right. All right, guys. The primary residential show, Tony. That's right.